Hello, and welcome to the Modern Romantic Podcast, where we celebrate romanticism through art, storytelling, music, poetry, creating, and drinking more tea than we could ever have in our entire life. <gasps> Huzzah! And where we uh, have way too much caffeine, apparently. Um, <laughs> we are your hosts. This is the Sominator, Emily. Woohoo! I feel like that was like a, my wrestling introduction. I should, <laughs> I should come out and be like... <laughs> Put my arms in the air. Come on! The crowd's... <laughs> and this is Tre my co-host Trey, the cosplay-inator. <laughs> uh, today I'm cosplaying as Heidi Klum's body double. Uh, so there's that. Obviously. Obviously. If you're listening to this podcast, you might be interested to note that we also stream this live on Twitch a whole week in advance. So if you want to catch the video interview live and interact with our guests via the chat, visit twitch.tv slash themodernromantic. You and know, if you just want to be cool. That's right. Because <laughs> we're, the, we're the cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> also, we're, we are now on Apple Podcasts and uh, Amazon Music and Audible. And iHeartRadio. Those are the new ones. I think we're just about everywhere at this point. You can't get away from us. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be those people that, like, they make fun of on TikToks. We'll be, like, doing these really elaborate stunts. And then we'll just, like, climb into bed with you and lean over and be like, we've been trying to contact you about your extended <laughs> warranty. We're not creepy at all. Just, <laughs> just smile and nod. <laughs> um, Emily, would you like to introduce our guest here yes. today? <laughs> Lindsay Martha is with us today. She is a sociopath. <laughs> well, she's a maker and a costumer and a sociopath. Um, she designs and creates period garments and accessories from the Renaissance, the Victorian area, the Edwardian area, plus steampunk and all more. There's more. She also specializes in blackwork embroidery, which we'll get into, and all kinds of other embroidery, which I can't wait to talk about. And it's all just gorgeous. One of my favorite things on a garment, it, well, I think if you know this podcast at all, we talk about pockets a lot. <laughs> and pockets are my favorite thing. And Lindsay happens to make pockets. So many pockets. So ladies and gentlemen, lords and ladies, fae folk and merfolk of the realm, I present Lindsay Marth. Oh my gosh, hi you guys. It's so amazing to be here. Pockets are life, period. That's it, that's the podcast. Podcast, yeah. pockets are life. Thanks for coming, everyone. Thank you so much. It's been a blast. It's been a real play. Uh, Lindsay, it is a pleasure to have you here. Uh, Lindsay, one thing that we do on the show here is we talk about uh, part of our Part of our shtick is that we like to have uh, mugs and things. So I will ask you, uh, what are you drinking from this evening? I am drinking from my favorite, actually, Minnesota Renaissance Festival mug. It is a wondrous works in a wood mud mug with a wooden sipping servant. Those besties out there will will get my vibe. But yeah, it's my favorite mug. Yeah, Ooh, cool. a wooden sipping servant. Yes. A wooden sipping servant, because evidently the word straw is copyright. Oh, yeah. yeah, something we didn't know, and now we all know. Yeah. Well, it's so. it's far more 
clever and creative to say wooden yeah. sipping servant anyway. Sipping servant. Kind of yeah. elevates yeah. the whole experience. Right? Don't you feel fancy? I feel really fancy drinking from it because I've got, you can't hear my clinking beads or anything, but. Oh, look at that. Yeah. It holds it into place so that I don't lose my okay. sipping servant. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a tether. Yeah, it is. Because, you know, gravity is not my friend. Oh, and the yeah. last thing you want is for that to fall into, like, the fair dust and then... Or the mud and, you know, yeah. we don't need to get into that. <laughs> yeah. This is a family show. <laughs> or is it? I don't know. <laughs> we, we play with that line every single know. time. <laughs> okay, Archer, you know them. Yeah, aren't they great? They're awesome. I love them. <laughs> admittedly we uh, admittedly we have some dark humor on this show but okay, but know. we yeah. uh, but we are uh but we are very family friendly okay. um for the uh, most part okay ish <laughs> all right what do you what do you have trey um i have one of my standard go-to mugs um so i haven't been able to go out for the last two weeks because of <clears throat> reasons um so that we won't get into but i have my tried and true it just says uh my cup of tea on it uh so it's both a dad pun and just a beautiful stonework uh stonework mug in a very lovely shade of uh peacock blue your cup of tea it is a popular color as well and what do you have, Emily? I have my own Renaissance Fair mug that I usually hang on my belt. It is a metal... I don't... They, they said it was pewter, but I don't know. Uh, but it... That I can't read where it's from. It's really beautiful. Thank you. I picked it because That's of the shape, because it's stuff. not... It's kind of got like a almost a... I don't know what you call this, but it's... It's probably not period to the 1500s at all, but I have I mean, a hand. It's some period. So it is authentic to some period, <laughs> correct? Um, and it has a it has a cork stopper that ha it has a carved wooden top, and I mine has a fleur de lis on it because that's my favorite symbol. Very nice. And I have so pockets of fleur de lis on them now. That helps keep the fair dust out okay. too. And there's this little hole that I could tether it, but I don't have it currently tethered. Hand wash only or dishwasher safe? I've never tried. You know, I can't even read the bottom I to know what it says. Like, but um, it's so pretty. It's Woodbury pewter pewterers pewterers. Woodbury pewterers is the name I didn't of the know maker. That was a word either. But that's fantastic. Hello, welcome to Modern Romantic Pag Magazine, where we are, are now an educational channel. Right. Sipping servants and pewterers. English Pewter is our second language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Words are hard, you guys. <laughs> um, talking about like things that things that are made and and Renaissance, um, Lindsay. One of the things that I when Emily told me that you were going to be on the channel and kind of the research uh, for for you that we came across is how many things you've actually created. Um, so I, I honestly want to ask just how did you get into being a, how would you describe yourself? Uh, costumer, sociopath, uh, be, being a pun on the name sociopath. How would oh, you describe yourself? Well, you know... Probably just, I love all those, all of those words, you know, capital M maker. It's one of my favorite. I love the sociopath. I did not come up with that. I wish I had somebody certainly more clever than I did, did that. But I, I think I most, you know, 
um, adhere to like just seamstress because I do things that aren't costuming. I do things that, you know, aren't crafty, but I kind of dabble in a lot of things, but most of them have to do with, you know, sewing of some sort or fibers of some sort. And I've always been drawn to, you know, fiber art, you know, sewing and knitting and, and creating, um, my, my niece who was four at the time, she's like, you turn 2D things into 3D things. And I'm like, oh, yes, I do. That was amazing. You have so, the power. <laughs> yes. She was very insightful for four years old. She was just like, I'm like, I was taken aback. But yeah, yeah. All of those things. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, how did you get started then? Is that what you wanted to do is make 3D things out of 2D things? Right. <laughs> um, you know, it's it didn't uh start out as what did I what I wanted to do with my life it started out as um you know I didn't know the renaissance festival existed until I was like 18 I went with a friend of mine uh to the Minnesota renaissance festival and it was a whole new world for me I went with a friend and her mom and I'm like these people are dressing up and they're just having fun oh she looks like a princess he looks like this viking dude and that looks like a knight dude I'm like they're just living their best life I'm like that looks like so much fun. There are adults playing dress up. This is what I want to do. So I, uh, so I started looking um, for costuming pieces of my own. My, my challenge though was I am a six foot tall person Ooh. and yes. And to find things that are a, my size uh, and B in my, at that time, uh, poor college student, you know, income uh, level was very challenging. So I I went, you know, I went home and I said, Mom, I'm borrowing your sewing machine. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I was hearkening back to the days when my mom was teaching me how to sew when I was in first, second grade, and trying to recall those skills and you know back in the early 2000s yes i'm totally dating myself <laughs> um, there was not a form of internet that you could look up to say okay i would like to look at you know historical garments in the 16th century or whatever it was so a lot of what i was seeing you know was in the movies shakespeare in love had just come out that was a big influence for people back then um, and, you know, all of these Hollywood influences. And I just kind of started sewing and learning on the fly and learning by doing and trial by, by fire and error um, and just practiced without, you know, really meaning to. And, and that kind of brought me to today, 22 years later. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a lot of people at the beginning see what you were making and wearing and say, oh, make me something too? Oh, heavens to Betsy, no. It was awful. Oh. Everything I made in the beginning was definitely <laughs> practice. You know, you have to start somewhere. And um, all, a lot of the pieces I made were from really not knowing how to do it. You know, sure. just kind of taking pattern pieces and working with a lot of impatience and, you know, the night before and doing all of those things that uh, probably 
not so not so good in hindsight. Um, but it's from all of that learning and all of that knowledge that, um, you know, gives you more practice and, you know, of course, like you make the mistakes first, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you just keep going until you're, you like the end result. Yeah. I love that you just dove in though. I think that's important. Oh yeah. I, I really wanted to, I was actually also working in a movie theater and they wanted me to dress up like Fiona from Shrek. And I'm like, okay, sure, why not? I, I can do that, I'm a, I'm a bit goofy, sure. So I was trying to make this dress and it didn't look anything like it at all. And I was, you know, I dyed my hair red and I was ready for the, you know, I was ready with the green paint on my face. And I get there that day and they're like, it was canceled. Oh, <laughs> oh no. But I learned, I, you know, it's all a learning experience, right? So. It was, it was fun, <laughs> but you know, you learn by doing or, sure. you know, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Time, um, like this first starting out, uh, I got into sewing because like I saw people, I didn't go to a Renaissance fair, but I went and saw people doing cosplay and making, taking characters and then turning that into different garments. It wasn't just a recreation of it. It was pieces inspired by that. And just kind of that transformation and taking something and putting it into your artistic vision and then letting other people see that. Yeah. And that's that's what made me fall in love with sewing. Um, and I got people like Emily to help me learn a couple new techniques and try new things. Um, so I, I'm through your 20 plus years of sewing, what has been what has been your favorite project to work on so far? Oh gosh, my favorite project. Oh man. Oh golly. See, there's been so many because it's different aspects. And I think oh, that's a good question. Um, I think anytime I get to work in collaboration with people, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna call out, I don't know if she's listening, maybe no, but if Dana Baird uh, is listening, we did, she got me into the convention scene. Uh, and we did a reproduction of Black Edder's Bells. If you're familiar at all with that episode, they he does a recreation of a, uh, an Elizabethan scene. And it was, you know, Queen Elizabeth was there and the Black Edder characters. And it's all just head to toe Elizabethan garments. And I, oh golly, there were six or eight pieces that we had to reproduce. And she did all of the... Uh, research to match the fabrics down to like the color and the pattern of the fabric to get as close to this project to each piece as we could and it became a real labor of love because I learned you know so many skills from her and um, just like the broad spectrum of that kind of project was really informative and exciting to do. And with somebody who has been sewing quite a bit more than I have, um, it, it was it was really an education and an eye-opening thing because, you know, like you said, cosplayers, they, they bring such passion to everything they do, you know, their character, what they want to um, put out there for themselves. Um, as their expression, which is, I think, just so beautiful. 
and um, gosh, I'm going off on a tangent again. That's all right. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I think, yeah, my favorite projects are, are with other people and learning from other people. You know, I learned so much from Dana. I've learned so much from my friend Pam, who got me into embroidery. Um, my friend Karen Hughes, from which I wouldn't even know anything about black work embroidery. She said, "Has have you seen this? And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> it's so pretty. How can I how can I do that? You know, and you know, so many people in my life, you know, you know, my husband, my friends, Liz, and and so many people who've been so supportive and so inspiring with their ideas. And they're like, ooh, can you do that? Or can you do this for me? And what if we did that? You know, that's what that's what makes it fun for me, you know, kind of the social aspect of it as well. Sure. And you did a collaboration with Kate Marr, Marr, which yes. who is Lady of the Lake. She does Lady of the Lake silks. And I'm familiar with Kate. We did a, an article with her in volume one of the magazine. I read it. I own it. I own your Hooray. magazine. <laughs> yes. Well, you're in it. Well, your work is in of. it. Yes. So that tell, was very cool. Tell us about that collaboration. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, I've, I've loved her work, you know, since she was out at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. And, and I have my, my own collection of her beautiful hand-dyed silks. Um, she has such talent, such an eye. Um, and, you know, we, we were friends for a while. And she just sent me a message one day going, I have an idea. What do you think about trying to embroider these silks, you know, with designs or flowers or whatever you think can come up with. So um, a few Octobers ago, she dropped off, you know, like a sample, maybe like 10 or 12 scarves for me to do with as I will, right? For okay. R&D, she would say. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is, this is Kate of Lady of the Lake. Don't screw it up. This is so much fun. This would be like my <laughs> dream to do just every day just embroidering these gorgeous silks and um so my inspiration is kind of taking it from the the silk itself you know they're all different colors and different palettes and different saturations of each color right and sometimes it's modeled or sometimes it's a solid color and for me i'm a visual person these these colors would bring to mind things um, like if there was a, like a light and gold lavender, I would think, you know, oh, this kind of flower would look nice on it. Or um, this deep red one would look beautiful with a phoenix or whatever it is. So I just tried it out. And what I was worried most was I, I embroider with machine. Okay, that's, that's okay. kind of cheating. Some people say, um, which is which is fine. <laughs> you sew with machine too. I do. I sure as heck fire do. I think if they had them, you know, if they had them 400 years ago, they would use the sewing machines too. <laughs> but um, I was worried about, you know, this really delicate silk with, you know, being embroidered with these machines. So that was the whole, you know, uh, nail biting experience, but it turned out really well. And she was really pleased and we ended up you know, uh, making quite a few more and she ended up selling a lot of them in her shop last year. And that was very cool to see. She hung them in her window and I was like, oh my goodness, that is so neat. So 
it was just a great feeling and it was just so fun to work with her and you know being being trusted with her art form too was a very big deal for me so. yeah did she give them to you pre-dyed or yes okay yep yep they were all pre-dyed um there was a lot of well i shouldn't say a lot but sometimes the challenge with that medium is um the colors together if that makes any sense um it's really important you know in my studio to have the proper amount of light so that um the color thread that i am seeing with my eye is the same that's going to go on the silk which actually looks correct and doesn't get lost in the color that's already there um so that was a challenge too but hopefully we kind of we kind of ironed that one out but it's still challenging sometimes you know you think you know a color and then they change it yeah i don't know it's weird weird i I had the great fortune of being able to see these in person to interview her for the magazine and with um julie who actually did the interview so i took pictures so i got to see some of your work there and she she told us who you were but i remembered who you were from the dress that becca wore in the photo shoot that i did in the winter the great northern undertaking which is also in that edition of the magazine it is it is it looks great so it was also it was fun to see yeah it was it was that the if if you have that edition the the picture you're looking for that is Lindsay's creation is the purple the really vivid purple dress that is on uh, Becca who has dark hair in the snow (laughs) yeah they were really cool I loved seeing how the colors played with each other and um you have one that's like a Lord of the Ring is it is it smog with the with the mountain and yes yes that was funny so Kate is a uh, a big Lord of the Rings nerd as am I and you know we got to the first few batches and she was like do you are you familiar with Lord of the Rings do you have any Lord of the Rings designs and I said well sit down because (laughs) we're doing this thing and we're not going back and so it's it's so fun to do things like that too because being a being a big nerd like that and you know and and you know having that trust again and and her saying that I have you know carte blanche to do anything with these silks that you know and she's liked most of them so that's good <laughs> but uh, no it's really it's really fun the whole Lord of the Rings thing we hope to have some new ones of those this year but I won't I won't. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan myself, so I will definitely watch for those. Nice. Yeah, okay. I'm a huge. I was going to bring up when we started the podcast that I finally got my um, tray from Rhinus Leatherworks because we interviewed them a few weeks ago. Yes. And they made me a tray for the desk. Because oh, when I'm awesome. editing pictures, I have SD cards and flash drives everywhere. Right. I'm, so I have the I have the tray finally oh, that they that did gorgeous. and it says it's a leather tray and the inside yeah. it says not all those who wander are lost yeah. deep roots are not reached by the frost which you might remember is actually from lord of the rings anyhow I, I i'm a big fan 
And I ordered something from you, too, so I have something of yours. It's a couple of towels that you embroidered that are, I think they're actually Christmas towels, but when I ordered them, I didn't think they were. You know, I was wondering (laughs) about that. (laughs) Yeah, I I ordered them in, like, the summer (laughs) or something. You know. No, I did. Well, one of them isn't very Christmassy. I think it has, like, pine trees on it. It's got deer. It's, like, woodsy. And in my head, I was thinking, oh, Northwoods. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love that design. And then That's the, the only one I made of that one, actually. Oh, <laughs> very yeah. special. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And the other one, <laughs> I think, has it has a like lyrics to a Christmas carol on it, but I didn't pick up on that right away. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I like that. I mean, you know, joy to the world all the time. Right, so, right. Why not? Okay. Oh, Kaz said... Uh, that was always that was always really cool to watch Rhinus put it together. Yeah, they did a live stream on Twitch, so I got to watch them actually make the dice tray, which was cool. Oh, that's cool. Did they burn the wood or burn the leather, or how did they? They use a um, I think it's a Glowforge. They laser etch it. Okay, magic then. Okay, magic. Sure. They use magic. Yeah. Correct. Magic. <laughs> um, I'll take it though. It's magical now. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And I'm gonna put my absolutely is. my SD cards in there, and that'll make them magical too. And there you go. Then we make magic. the one SD card, the one SD yeah. card to rule them all. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Seven cards forged. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all cast it into the fire, Emily. Okay. <laughs> Don't, no, not my SD card. Precious. <laughs> we could do this all day. Oh, I love it. Lord of the Rings podcast now. Right. Uh, we're, Lord of the Rings. we're changing our name. Oh, Emily is going to get done like editing things and uh, <laughs> she'll just be like, push away from her desk and go, it is done. It is done. Yep. Oh, um, so talking about the talking about some other things, um, we mentioned pockets at the beginning of our podcast. Yeah. Um, talk to us about pockets. Um, pockets. Why? Um, can you tell us about the history of the pockets that you make? Can you tell us the functionality? Can you just talk yeah. about pockets? I can talk about pockets as best as I can talk about pockets. Um, well, dear, let's see. So the pockets tray is, is referring to is, is is a little bit of an oblong shape with uh, a slit in the front and a back and it and it has a ribbon on top and it ties around the waist um, that is the way they used to make them in the 18th century through the 19th century I have learned um, I'm actually reading a book right now it's the the pocket a hidden history of women's lives Emily, it's really interesting. You should check it out. Yeah, it's really, really good. I bought it for myself for Christmas. (laughs) Um, That's a good idea. But, you know, being a a festy type person, um, you know, we have to put our amalgamations somewhere. You know, if we, uh, our chariot keys and our magic boxes, our, our keys and cell phones, things need to go someplace. And, um, these kind of, came about I think it was my friend Karen Hughes again who who showed me a picture 
once years ago and she's like have you seen these and i said no but again that's fascinating how can i how can i how can i do that and um she was the victim of the first prototype and they <laughs> they uh they i mean she did use it she's such a champ it, it was functional um it was it was pretty um it it did not look like my my pockets do now um but what i find fascinating about it is you know there's there's so much history in the utility of just a pocket you know such such an entrance into people's lives and how they lived that many years ago we're not that far away because again like Troy was saying they're still making those <clears throat> go around pulse pockets and it's such a pain in the circus and mm-hmm. you know there's there's you know now we carry purses or backpacks or something like that but um i'm always looking for things that have form and function in a way that is fun and again you know a, a piece of art that you can wear that just that just brings you joy and you're like look at that and my gum fits in there or whatever it is um <laughs> but yeah my magic yeah. beans my magic beans <laughs> yeah so it's like a pocket that you hang from your waist similar yeah. to because it in lays a, flat a so couch. Okay, so mm-hmm. yeah, it lays flat, so your skirt is not right. Uh, right, and the 18th century women would actually wear them under their overskirt, um, and they could get to them um, through slits in their skirts on the side. So because they were flat, you you never you can't see that they're under there. Okay. Um, so that kind of disguised that they were there. You know, they weren't necessarily hiding them, but um, they would have access through the sides of their skirt. And that was also really interesting to me too. I'm like, I mean, yeah. So like in a, in a pleat or something, they'd have a secret. Yes. Was it common yes. to wear more than one or was it just, Actually, just one? Actually, it, it was, it was. They used to call them a, a now, oh, I don't want to misquote my book that I was just reading again, <laughs> a pair of pockets because you would have one on each side they would they would tie in the front and then they would tie in the back and you would have two pockets one pocket on each side like we do you know in a pair of pants so okay yeah. now, was so, it yeah. only on was it only on women's garments or was it did men have men have these pockets as well so now the uh, huh. oldie google did tell me that <laughs> they started inserting the contemporary pockets that we're familiar with now into men's pants or garments um, in the 18th century. Oh, I think that's correct. But of course they didn't for women because they were wearing dresses or whatever the case may be, or, you know, the patriarchy, I don't know. But um, (laughs) so women decided, well, you know what, heck with that noise. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to invent this this pocket and one of the other reasons why I love about it so much is that they're all you know they're uniquely embroidered stop fake pockets yeah Orphe tunes um <laughs> <laughs> hashtag stop fake pockets right 
Um, <laughs> a lot of them, the, the extant pockets that exist from those time periods, the 18th and 19th centuries, are all hand embroidered. They're personal objects and they're, you know, they're the windows into their lives. In the book I'm reading right now, um, it opens with a newspaper clipping of somebody lost their pair of pockets and it lists, it goes on to list what this, what this young lady has lost inside her pockets. And it was, you know, a few guineas and a thimble and, you know, a gold or a, a silver, mm, a silver, a silver box. And these, these were very personal items to this person. And it just struck me as, you know, the utility, but also what little ownership. Again, I'm going to get on my soapbox, but that's okay. Um, what little ownership people, or you know, specifically, you know, female-identifying people had at that time, and they didn't have a lot of choice in their lives sometimes. And you know, throughout history, something that has, that has always rung true for me um, is the fact that sometimes um, fashion is their only form of expression. You know, the only choices that they could actually make for themselves was what they were wearing. And that's why that becomes important. You know, you look at um, the historical quote unquote fashionistas of their time, you know, Elizabeth I or Georgina Duchess of Devonshire. And, you know, Fashion was so important, you know, to at least Georgina, that was that was the only thing she had control over, the only thing that she actually could have in her life that didn't belong to somebody else. So I think that's that's a lot of what, you know, brings me to this pocket because you can you can make it your own and it's and it's your thing, right? It's it's your life in there. And maybe I'm thinking too deeply about it, but no, you know, in a world of chaos, there can be only one, you know. Had <laughs> 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 to lighten the tone. Um, but yeah, I just I I like knowing little bits of history and and how people lived just through something that can be seen as so innocuous. It's funny that you bring that up because the first time I was ever really, I was an incredibly naive person up until like my early teens. So the first time that I ever encountered the term like fake pockets was when I was doing a performance in college and um, some women were, some women in the performing group were wearing jeans and other things and they were talking about how they couldn't store things in their pants. And I was like, well, that's terrible. Like, why, why do they have fake pockets? And they looked at me and they go, we've been asking the same thing of the patriarchy since we were very young. I don't oh, understand. Thank you, Trey. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so. So you get to like the dress rehearsal per for the performance and one of the performers walks in this gorgeous emerald green ball gown. Like just imagine like princess level walking in. Um, I could go in into these incredible details, but I just remember being struck by how gorgeous the fabric was and the color and everything like that. And I look away for two seconds and I come back and her hands had completely disappeared into the folds of the fabric. And I went, what? 
where what and i tapped her on the shoulder and i said where are your hands i know you have hands where did they go and she goes oh my dress and she did this enormous just like pulling of the pockets she goes it has pockets <laughs> and i was That's like awesome. ball, I love ball gowns ball gowns have pockets this is amazing best one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. wedding dresses too it's a big deal yep it's a big deal it's funny yeah. how even now in 2022 it is such a big deal it shouldn't have yeah. to be such a big deal and it is no, I've had so many discussions about it. You know, people have said, well, it's the fashion industry. The pockets will ruin the lines of the trousers. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is, this is, we need to function. Can we please just function? Men have been ruining no. their pants since literally time began. <laughs> As a oh. man, I have ruined many a pair of pants. <laughs> Like the, the wallet in the back pocket that really that confuses me i don't know because then you get like the the jeans kind of form to that mm. yep <laughs> some pockets are good <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. there's there's a story of um i was working in a in a particular clothier shop and this gentleman walked in with a pair of pants so tight that you could see the outline of everything in his pockets. Oh, my. And he goes, it's not tight enough. And we just went, how? Oh, boy. Anyway, that is a diatribe for another, that's a diatribe for another, another time. How did he drive there? I mean, did he have to, did he do the walk? Maybe he walked there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, how I, do you I, sit? I, <laughs> that's, that's a commitment to skinny jeans or whatever it was. Oof. Yeah. Um, <laughs> talking about, uh, so you make, uh, so you've embroidered towels. You make yeah. these in incredible pockets. Um, yeah. What are what are some other things that um, if someone was to go to your your shop or uh, buy from you, what are some other things that you've made? Oh golly, um, you know, I I will kind of go through these. Um, spurts well I'll, I'll i'll really get into something I'll, I'll be really excited about something maybe people are interested in this because i'm interested in this right now but i also did a lot of craft bags you know like knitting bags you can put your stuff in you know keep your yarn in there little pockets for your knitting needles or your crochet hooks um a lot of utility but also making it fun with little sayings or like my make make beautiful things bag that's on the screen there um but a, a lot of different different types of things i um i tried to also put you know some custom request listings like the blackwork shirts you know into my etsy shop but that really hasn't taken off which is okay it's harder to do them you know online order type situation i'd much rather be you know if i'm making a garment such such as that, I'd rather be able to measure them myself and to get those measurements right. right. Um, but kind of just random things. Like I'm really just drawn to anything with uh, bright colors. I'm kind of like a magpie like that. I'm like, ooh, I want to make this design or I'll get inspired by, you know, something I read in a book or saw in a book cover. And I'm like, I'm going to make something with this on it. And yeah, kind There's... of whatever comes to mind. There's a jacket you wore oh. to Disney that I was thinking of. <laughs> yes. Okay. So 
I, I, I'm a fan of the mouse. I'm a, I'm a super big nerd. I'm a Disney nerd. I Hooray. will say. And yes, it's, so it's a lot of joy. It's so much fun. And I got it in my mind to take uh, like a letter, a letterman jacket, very comfortable buttons, you know, the white sleeves. And I did a green one and um, I'm a fan of Tinkerbell. Not the early Peter Pan sassy one, but the, she's got a whole new string of movies now. So you should really check them out if you haven't. They're delightful. I cry at the end of Never Beast every time. Every time. Yes. And um, so I decided that I would like to embroider Tinkerbell's wings on the back of this jacket. So I took it to, um, I call her the wizard. She should be a sorceress because, you know. But I took her, I, I said, my to my friend Pam Probst shout out. Um <laughs> and you know, since I have learned so much about embroidery from her, I'm like, okay, this is my idea. Is it possible? How can I do this? And please will you help me? <laughs> so <laughs> I brought her a picture of Tinkerbell's wings. Mm-hmm. She designed the outline into the embroidery software. And she's like, okay, this is how you do it. I'm like, I was terrified every moment. I had to, you know, turn the jacket this way and that way and, you know, hoop it three times and, you know, fingers crossies because I only had one of these jackets, you know. But I was so excited that it turned out well. And you're going to laugh because I made two more this year when I, when a friend of mine, Kimberly, and I went back to Disney World last month. And so she got a maroon one and I got a purple one because, you know, Rapunzel's also one of my favorites. So I did a Rapunzel thing, but it had the wings too, because why not? It just feels like Disney magic. And, uh, you know, who said that it was fun to do the impossible? Was that Waltz? Oh, I'm such a nerd. (laughs) It's kind of fun to do the impossible. Yes. I Mm -hmm. think he said that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. It is. I love it. Thank you. It's a pain in the took us to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I really, I really like the outcome. I really like it. It's so fun to wear. It's so fun. Yeah. I'm a big fan of wings. So All that, right. that really spoke to me personally. Nice. Yeah. Well, I, I like you. I would do one for you if you wanted, Emily. <laughs> I might take you up on that. Okay. Good. I might do that at some point. <laughs> We'll talk later. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm. I've made three of these, so now I'm getting better at it. So maybe it won't be mm. such a, <laughs> a pain. Okay. Because <laughs> you know, practice makes better. That's what they right. say. Right. Practice makes better. <laughs> yes. So Let's not be too hard on ourselves. <laughs> Is it true that you have a whole fleet of sewing machines? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Okay. I call myself the Commodore of my studio. My friend Brad would be like, no. <laughs> No, but it's it's kind of a problem. Most of them work. Um, of of my functioning machines, I have uh, two regular sewing machines, a serger, and two embroidery machines. Okay. I mean, it's it's. I have them all in a line on a on a long table so that I can on my little wheelie desk chair I can go from one to the other and one to the other and back and forth. And that's fun. Yeah, it is fun. With some music, I'm doing a little chair dance and everything. Okay, not like that. But just like, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm making it weird since 1981. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> but no, I have a good time, you know, because I'll be, I'll, I'll have the embroidery. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll have the embroidery machines going while I'm working on other things. So I'm doing multiple things at once. And so I'll wheel back and forth. And that's kind of one of my, my favorite things to do. <laughs> then it's the solar coaster. <laughs> Oh my gosh. No loop-de-loops. No loop-de-loops. No loop-de-loops. Not with needles. Bad idea. I'm sure the do threads... Do not try this at home. <laughs> the threads <laughs> do enough loop-de-loops in those wheels. Right. right. It's the only approved amount of loop-de-loops. Thank you. <laughs> um, the question is, have you named your sewing machines? Oh, yeah. Yes, I have. Ooh. Good answer. I've, I've named the embroidery machine. All right, this is, I've, I've geeked out a little bit today, so I, we're going to go all the way. Go, go for um, it. Go big or go home. Going big, going big. My my first embroidery machine is called Skynet. Oh. Okay, okay that's a Terminator reference. Yeah. So you playing the home game. Okay. And <laughs> and uh, my, my, my newest edition is called Wayland from the Wayland Corporation from the Aliens franchise. Wow. They are computers who take over the world. This is an interesting direction your machines took with their names (laughs) that I wasn't expecting. They are so smart. I mean, not only do they thread themselves, they actually, they do the embroidery. I mean, have you seen, have you seen an embroidery machine work? It's like, it is like sorcery or science magic. So I'm pretty sure (laughs) it's as close to sentient computers that I'll ever get. Comfortably, <laughs> and that's not not comfortable. Watch out for your fingers, seriously. It's scary. So, um, <laughs> your homework is to not watch Maximum Overdrive. Oh, oh, I haven't. Okay, don't. Okay, good. It's when the machines no, actually do come to life and take over. <laughs> oh no! Thank you. No, thank you. See, I enjoy the Terminator movies. You know, I, yeah. some of the Aliens movies. I didn't like that prequel situation, but anyway. <laughs> We're talking about sewing. Sorry, we're back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have fun. Yeah. Uh, so you've named the embroidery machines. Have you named the yeah. the the sergers or any of like the 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 uh, like your straight stitch or anything uh, like that? Uh, well, my serger, I can't repeat in polite company. Um, I thought, you know, I, I was going to guess that. And I was like, besides profanity, yeah, what do you call your surgery? Nice. Yeah, it's not nice. Oh, I thought um, that was the name of it. You can't polite, uh, repeat in polite company. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be clever. Impolite right. company. Yes, impolite company. Oh, there we go. Now it has a name. Impolite company. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that machine. It's on its last legs. It's a problem. Anyway, yeah. It's a uh, serger. No, I mean, Sergers are kind of that yeah. way. My regular machine is kind of like the workhorse. I can sew through five layers of velvet and, you know, and get the job done. But Very nice. Yeah. It's the, it's the sentient ones that I have to really worry about. <laughs> I got the side eye. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're Just listening. Scary. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Just kidding. That's weird. As I turn around and look at my cover stitch, my serger, my straight stitch, and my other two sergers sitting on the floor. Yeah. Oh. They can't hear us at all. Trey has oh, a fleet as well. Know. What is Oh, yes, do you. Okay. 
Yeah, we'll get into my collection of uh, machines at a later time. Uh, right now, they're <laughs> sitting in the corner because they've been bad. <laughs> oh, oh, see, you get it. They need time out sometimes, and then mm -mm. yeah, I've learned that doesn't help them work better though. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. Neither does name calling or choice. <laughs> it just doesn't. Mm -mm. Does not help. We've no, tried no YouTubing about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've tried seances and I've tried like exorcisms. That just doesn't uh, help either. Hands. Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> um, are there um, are there any like dream projects that you eventually would oh like to do, gosh. or if you were to get the call tomorrow, what is going to be that that call that you want to get? Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. We're delving into huge nerd dumb. So I'll try to make it brief. Huge nerd dump. Just, okay. just um, jump. Jumping in right in there into the deep end. Okay. So I grew up reading Mercedes Lackey books, fantasy fiction, all of okay. that stuff. And uh, my favorite of hers is The Black Swan. And the cover of all or most of her books is art by the fabulous Jody Lee. And it has this black dress with this bodice with all these swirls and the whole ball gown is um, made up with black feathers and then of course the jewel encrusted wings that go behind her that are I don't know twice as tall as this young lady is on the, on the cover of this book it's just stunning and and forevermore that has just left an impression on me for whatever reason it's just so divine I don't know why yeah check out the book and she's a fabulous writer too if you're looking for something to read, Black Swan. Yeah, Black Swan. I and it was Mercedes. It. Oh, you did? I yes, uh, Mercedes Lackey, the the Black Swan. I found the cover, and it is. It, Isn't oh. that extraordinary? Oh, that's good. It's so it's so sad. Can I say that? It's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. Just you know. I love it. A call to like recreate that dress and yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that would that would be my dream. That would be my dream dress for yourself. Um, yeah. All right. Cuz of course, you know, being 6 foot I need more feathers then. Oh my gosh, so much work. So much work. I mean, <laughs> I I still I believe in the wow factor. I believe in go big or go home. So, if it needs more feathers because you're tall, right? Then, then it, then it needs, needs more feathers. feathers. It needs bigger wings with brighter jewels. You know, live it. Live it. That's what I, you know. Absolutely. Exactly. I agree with that. Just find your joy and, and do your joy. We're yeah. going to get along just fine. Yay! <laughs> just fine. Um, Could you imagine, like, the the amount of, like, Swarovski crystals that you would, like, encrust into that? Yep. Like, I'm just imagining the glitz factor. <laughs> I'm just imagining the glitz factor at this point. Nope. nope. It is it is so fun. But you know, that's that's what people say that, but it's really not that bad. You, you know, you get the hot fix ones and you got the the, the gun going to heat them up. It goes really fast. And the payoff's worth it. I mean it's oh it gosh, really it's Oh yeah. It's yeah. so fun. Absolutely. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, what I was going to ask you, cause I, 
Trey and I have a have a history of costuming and also fashion. We both worked in a men's store and um one thing that was super rewarding for us was how when someone at least a customer at the men's store when they would come in and this is a guy that maybe doesn't dress up ever and he's going to wear a suit for maybe the first time or at least a nice suit for the first time. Right. So it's been tailored right. to fit him and he shows up for his final fitting and yeah. the way to do it right is to give him a shirt to try on with it and give him the shoes so he gets the full look. The whole effect, yeah. Yeah, and he comes out and he takes rounds the corner and he looks in that mirror and we had great mirrors. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> looks in that mirror and it's like life changing for him. And seeing that, I mean, we felt it. And yeah. that to me was super fulfilling about that job. And for costuming, yeah. I feel the same way when I have done that. Um, yeah. Tell us about how you, how your costuming changes has changed people or how you oh perceive that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I have two favorite things and, and they happen. I'm, I'm going to say it slightly as frequently as I can possibly make them. Um, you know, when I'm, when I'm helping somebody with garments for, you know, the Renaissance festival, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of pieces you're cinched in there, you know, moderately comfortably because of course it's, that's another conversation. Um, <laughs> it is. Uh, it's another, yeah. Um, but the way that I try to make my garments is for contemporary people in the now you know we are not just walking to the garden in an english you know manner we are out at festival for 12 19 hours a day doing the job whether it's performing or being in a group in which you're really really active so i try to make them really really comfortable as comfortable as as bending the rules of historical accuracy will allow me to um so the uh, a comment that i try to get as much as i can is oh my goodness this is all i'm so surprised all of my other xyz's were just not and i was dying and but this like i can rock and roll in this right and my other favorite thing to do after that is like okay so we have room in this room would you like to do the twirl test and of course the answer is always yes and she does a yes. few spins in either direction and she just looks like oh my gosh i feel like princess queen goddess you know super super fun you know and and that's kind of what makes me feel good is you know seeing that in somebody else you know this is a, another realm for so many people and it is you know and creating uh pieces that are wearable for you know contemporary humans to actually be able to function as in as we function and need to function as singers or dancers or performers of that type anything really many many of us you know walk around in jeans pants slacks you know professional skirts all day you know we have our uh 21st century garments in which we are used to we're not used to wearing chemise corset bloomer hoop skirt underskirt overskirt 
sometimes there's a partlet, sometimes there's three sets of oversleeves, sometimes there are capelets, capes, hoods, headwear is a whole nother thing. But what I like is when they actually feel like a princess, like a queen, or like a goddess, because stepping into this role into a completely different territory of attire, it changes you, mm -hmm. um, right? Um, when you're cosplaying, it gives you another attitude. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of people and their confidence boosted because they felt comfortable, because they're, they, they see themselves, you know, in the Technicolor musicals because they're wearing the big skirts or Disney princess because they've got the big sleeves or whatever it is they're now identifying themselves as and that helps them play that role or do that job in it you know as comfortably as possible like you hear these behind the scenes interviews right. with p actors and actresses on movie sets and they'll talk about how the moment they put the costume on and then walked out onto the right. set they feel like they are that character in that world in that moment. in that yeah yep. and it makes it a lot easier for them to do their job and it makes it a lot yep. easier for them to portray that character and be that yep. person Exactly. So, yeah. I can relate to that. It's for me coming from like a theater background and kind of taking that sort of that same sort of mentality. I don't ever feel quite like I'm in character until I get the costume. Right. Mm. Or until right. I put on the clothes. And it's it is it is life changing sometimes. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the attitude. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> it's in the tood. It is. <laughs> um, what um, have you? You've worn some of your own creations. Um, mm -hmm. What has been? What has been the the one that you ha go back to pretty consistently? Um, is there one that you like to wear very often, or one that you like to wear maybe you won't admit it to the others, but a little bit more than them? Oh no. Okay, um, that's that's a good question, because <laughs> you know it's 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 troubling because I I'm I'm actually a stay-at-home mom. I don't get a lot of uh, opportunity to actually wear these things outside of you know working at the festival, going to conventions, or you know having an outing with friends who are also cosplaying. Um, but one that I am very excited to wear. Um, is uh, uh, during uh, the quiet time of spring of 2020, I decided to actually make one of my bucket list gowns. Um, and that's actually in the slideshow here. It's the gray lady dress. It's her original dress from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And I uh, was trying to recreate that and, you know, kind of hone my skills a little bit. Everything I do is practicing uh, my skills and trying to get better because there are still so many things that I want to learn and do. Um, but this dress, uh, if any of you are familiar, is it's uh, she was the ghost. She was in two scenes of that movie, but I became obsessed with this dress. It's, it was uh, 16th century German. Gosh, I hope that's right now because I just said it out loud. Um, but it's, you know, the puff sleeves with all the slashes and the 
Bruce Fleck, again in German, I hope I didn't butcher that word, um, but I embroidered all the, the stripes and I, it was a lot of work. But the dress ended up taking me 110 hours to make from start oh, yeah. to finish. It's, it's the gray one in the slide. I put a few of them in there, but I am so excited to wear it. I haven't even gotten to wear it yet because, you know, gestures to the world. And I had to find, you know, fabric that sort of matched it. And I embroidered all the pieces and did all the poofs and the slashes. It was, it was crazy. So it's but kind of a, it's kind of a pale blue with a cream. Is that? It's, it's a silver okay. and then a slate blue. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is the dress blue and gold or black and blue? <laughs> oh yeah, the dress right. white and it's gold. Mostly, it's mostly like this this dove gray silverish, and then it has uh, slate blue offsets. Okay, it has a um, lot of. Um, I love the little embellishment and embroidery. Did you do some beadwork yeah, on it too? Or I sure as heck fire did. I did. There are Swarovski gray hot fix pearls on there, and I couldn't even tell you how many there are, but there were. There's a fair, there's a fair amount, because um, you know we were in quarantine for a while, um, yeah, together and separate. So I kind of I found out, you know, we learned about ourselves during times of challenge, like you know the yeah. pandemic is and was and is. But you know my stress um, comes out as hyperactivity. Right. Mm. So now I want to make all the things and do all the things. And that actually, you know, that helps me cope. I don't know whether any of you crafty type, you know, makers out there are the same way, but I'm like, I need something to do with my hands. Um, it's it therapeutic. Was, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a tough time. It's a tough time. So, yeah, I came out with this dress and the, the chemise on there, the, the college shirt uh, was also one that I made to go with it. It has uh, black work all down the sleeves and all down the body and back and collar of the shirt as well. And I'm just, I'm really excited to wear it. And I'll actually get to wear it. Ooh. Um, yes, I'm, I, I'm so excited. I'm going to the costume convention at the end of March in Washington, D.C. with a couple friends of mine. So I'll get to wear this dress. How finally. exciting. So yeah. You'll yeah. have to post pictures because I'm sure. Ooh. I, I will. Lots of people <laughs> want to know what yeah. what that's gonna look like. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm I worked really hard on it. I'm really proud of it. So I'm excited to actually finally wear it. <laughs> have you thought about like what you're going to do with your hair or have on your head or what? Yes. Well, I I actually made a small hat to go with it, made out of the same fabric um, and same, the same trim. Okay. So it'll it'll go on my head somehow, and then I'm I'm gonna do my braids in my hair i'm gesturing a lot with my hands friends at home um <laughs> <laughs> and i actually i actually purchased fake hair pieces because i wanted to do the long Ooh. hair like she does in the movie yeah. and i uh, again friends at home my hair is shoulder length so i'm uh i'm not above doing movie magic to get there <laughs> so right. i'm kind of i feel like i'm gonna go out i'm gonna get a i'm gonna make a mask to match you know because that's the thing but I'm, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I love it. Yeah. It is, it is Thank gorgeous. You. Thank you. I'm really, really proud of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, 
if oh, go money for it. Were, if money were no object, oh, God, no object at all whatsoever, you had endless, infinite budget. Oh gosh. What would you make? What would I make other than the black swan dress? <laughs> other oh, than the black swan heaven. dress. Or what okay. would you do? Okay, all right. All or even right. if it wasn't costuming. Okay, well then I have two answers. <laughs> okay. Um, the first one would be Judy Dench's wardrobe from Shakespeare in Love. <gasps> she's, yes, she's in it for seven minutes and she wins the Best Supporting Actress. And I think, oh golly, was it Colleen Atwood? Now I don't remember. I, you but might it, be right, but ding, 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 ding. That oh, is an amazing yeah. answer. I saw her peacock dress somewhere at one point. Oh, right. I was in tears. They had to tear me away. I took so many pictures. And of course, it couldn't capture all the gorgeous detail in this gown. You guys see this movie? Some of the questions, you know, it's just that's gorgeous. Top five favorite um, movies for me. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. yes. And then I think my other my other answer would probably be to go back to college for costume design and kind of hone my skills in that direction. Yeah, because yeah, that's a thing. You can go to school for that, you guys. Can you imagine? <laughs> what have we wow. been doing? What a, what, a, what a concept. I have no idea. I have a business administration degree, you guys. I mean, I'm a, I'm a super good secretary. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think those are probably... Yes, both answers. Yeah. Judy, what a great answer. What a great answer. Yeah. Thanks. One day we'll do like a compilation episode of just all the best answers. And that will oh be on gosh. there. For what's oh my gosh. For sure. So what are you inspired by? What inspire? I mean, obviously, oh, movies. Yeah, movies, uh, the stage. Um, you know, I grew up watching... I. Oh, gosh. So my parents were music teachers. Okay. I grew up watching all the Technicolor, Rodgers, and Hammerstein movies, uh, movie musicals. And I think the one I most blame is Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Oh, yeah. Because for whatever reasons, they had those bright dresses. Mm -hmm. And some of them were made of quilt tops and fabrics and they were always spinning and you know singing and doing this and that and the other thing and you know playing with barbies growing up and just wanting to play dress up forever um but i think you know it's it's you know you kind of get your inspiration from everywhere anything for me it's colors it's, oh my gosh, I would love to make a dress in that color. Does it exist in fabric world? Probably not, but oh, that would be cool, you know? Um, that's one thing I love about your work is, and that's, there's that one picture that you have posted that is all the colors from your, um, oh, yes, 2020 <laughs> and 2021 yeah. collection. I called it a collection, yeah. but I don't oh, know. Um, and it is like <laughs> someone you know took, all these pictures of dresses you had made yeah. and put them in like kind of rainbow color in order. Bit order. Yeah. That was, it just made my heart happy. And it just made my heart happy. Yeah. I, I sure love is. that you go for this, the saturation and the, yeah. the, I love jewel tones myself. So, um, right. That's my palette too. Oh wow. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that. It's, it's very eye catching and striking and, I'm glad that yeah. you're not afraid of color. That, oh gosh, I love it. 
and that you really use it well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's so challenging. The the picture she's referring to is all uh, Renaissance Festival garments. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's tricky too, because you're only allowed a certain spectrum of color, depending on what your character is. You know, if I was costuming uh, their highnesses, I could finally make them wear purple. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know, only only a few uh, people are allowed to wear, you know, um, the the quote unquote richest colors, which was purple and dark teal and all of these um, rich tones. But uh, yeah, that's it's kind of for me, I like to press the envelope a little bit and see where I can go with each garment and with each character kind of yeah 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 and it's just fun to see colors out there that aren't normally you know because we're only allowed a certain amount of spectrum um i like to find things that aren't already out there so i love that kind of, thank you do you make a fun challenge some of the photos that i've seen have hats in them too do you make hats as well Oh boy, I'm such a terrible milliner. Really, I'm just <laughs> terrible. Um, it's a skill I really should practice. Um, there is the gentleman uh, in the picture on the in the Roy G. B. F. picture. Uh, the only <laughs> the only the only fellow in there is my husband. Hello. Okay. <laughs> and that hat I made. <laughs> I wondered because um, it looked like it matched, but there were other hats yeah, too, so I just thought yeah. I'd ask. Yeah, I've I've only really done variations on a flat cap. Okay. Um, I've done you know French hoods and hair pieces like that, but not really, not really anything serious. Not really anything like the big Edwardian um, ginormous hats that I fawn over all the time. Right. Nothing that grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love those. Yeah. Awesome. The more feathers, the better. Oh, you know it. All about the feathers. She who dies with the most feathers or fabric scissors wins. Yes. But how many of them are sharpened? Right. (laughs) That's that's a valid point. (laughs) You know, one thing I'm going to point out, at least to our listening audience, is behind Lindsay, we we get to see this video because we're like on a Zoom call. Behind Lindsay on her wall, she has two frames and that one of them says fabric and the other one says paper and on a hook hanging in each one is a pair of scissors and I love yeah. that <laughs> you. you have to keep a sense of humor I love it thank you I don't have mine organized like that at all too. but I might have yeah. to now that I see that yeah. idea yeah no it's it's fun it's uh you know, my husband, uh, my husband will be, you know, downstairs looking for scissors. He's like, okay, which ones? And I'm like, the red handle ones. And he's like, okay, which ones are those? I'm like, the ones hanging in the ceiling. Uh, again, I'm six foot, you know, I have everything is hanging in the basement ceiling of my studio. I see. So I've got, you know, six pairs of scissors hanging. So when I kind of, uh, when we made this area in here, I decided that needs to happen. And... <laughs> it's it's a system that works so and it makes me laugh i love it it is it is really funny thank you it's perfect (laughs) gotta laugh Mm -hmm. and he cannot mess that up nope can't (laughs) (laughs) 
so far things we've learned on this podcast uh stop hashtag stop fake pockets um organize your uh your fabric and your paper scissors um <laughs> we have learned that uh embroidery can be delightful but can also be the devil uh Bag and- bigger go home Go, oh, you got it. Go home. Find your uh, joy. <laughs> find your joy. And that also we need to collaborate and make the black swan dress. <gasps> oh, yes, please. Oh, <laughs> that would be so fun. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Count yeah, me up, in. People. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. So where where is, what do you ha- have for future plans? Do you, Where's your creativity All taking right. you now? Sure. Well, right now I am I am uh, I'm working with some really amazing people on some shirts and a doublet. Um, thank mm-hmm. you, Commodore. Um, that's really really exciting. I'm also doing a Christmas themed Tudor front panel to address. Um, so that's fun. I love it a lot. And oh golly, I am I don't know whether I'm supposed to say this one. I'm embroidering a cape for Mrs. Santa Claus. Ooh. Because, like you do, apparently the elves are too busy making toys or whatever. Mrs. Santa's got to look fabulous. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, gearing up for that uh, convention at the end of March, and I'm super excited um, to wear my ridiculous gray lady dress. And, um, oh, gosh, yeah, this summer I'm really excited. Some friends, some other cosplayers and I are doing... An Edwardian uh, royal tea, Ooh. and it's, it's based on if the Disney princesses uh, were all wearing Edwardian outfits and just having tea of an afternoon, you know, and just hanging out and having fun, you know, just building something for the sheer joy of it and wearing it and hanging out together. So we hope, hope that we can actually do that. <laughs> wow, that's going to be fun. That yeah, sounds delightful. Who are you going as? Or can you oh my gosh. Yes. I can totally tell you I'm so excited. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am, I'm going to represent uh, Snow White. And Excellent. my, yeah, thank you. I'm really excited. My outfit is straight out of Anne of Green Gables. If you guys are familiar, I'm doing the big puff sleeves and the straw hat. Um, I'm very excited. This is another era that I'm unfamiliar with. So I'm having a lot of fun learning learning a lot yeah. <laughs> about how these pieces were constructed. So it's an education as well. <laughs> that sounds so yeah. fun. I love Anne of Green Gables too. That's a... love it. And I wasn't sure yeah. I'd like the, the Netflix version, the TV no, show. No, but it grows on you, right? I loved it. Yeah. I, I, if you're not crying watching oh this gosh. thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Dark, dark, but really good. Some of the best TV I think I've ever seen. Right? Oh yeah. And it. it's called Anne with an E, uh-huh. which is exactly how my middle name is spelled. Oh, fantastic. So I can relate. Nice. What is that? Annie? No, it's just Anne with an E. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Right. Um, um, Emily, please don't fire me, but I haven't watched it yet. Um, <laughs> you're what an opportunity you have in front of you. <laughs> Did you choose? Right. <laughs> Your mission, should you choose should to you accept, accept it. it. <laughs> uh, can it, can, uh, 
I was trying to make a Lord of the Rings reference at some point, but like my memory is failing at this point. So, yes, I will go and watch it. Uh, it's on Netflix, you said? Yes. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's not okay. a side quest. It's your main quest now. Stop everything you're doing after we're done here. Just press play and then just until. And you won't want to stop. You mm-hmm. won't even go to work tomorrow. Yeah, probably don't. Just call in snow. Call in right? snow. Yeah. Call in snow in North, North Carolina. Sure. Yeah. Uh, hello. My friends are in a blizzard. I have to stay home and watch Anne with an E. So. Hi, Kamala Harris. Yeah, can you just make it snow in North Carolina? Uh, yeah, thanks. Okay. So thanks. And also real pockets. Can we put that on the list too? Oh yes, we we do have we ha- we do have a national uh, pandemic of fake pockets. We need to stop that immediately. Okay, you can make that happen. Sweet. Thank you. Like Goodbye. These are the important issues. Are. Yeah, I vote about pockets. I totally <laughs> vote about pockets. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> you decide. Call in, friends. Call, let call us know. <laughs> we don't have a number posted, so good luck. Hold on, let me just change my name really quick to our 1 800 number. There you go. <laughs> call Jerry. No. We're <laughs> 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 not called Jerry. Is he the pillow guy or am I thinking of somebody else? I don't even know. I don't even know anymore. We're talking about sewing. Welcome to the Steve Wilkos show where we have our our guest, the cosplayinator Trey. I'm sorry. I'm crying. Yeah. Trey Day. Yes. 1 800 Trey Day. Walk, do not run to your. To your analog telephone. And you two on a rotary dial phone can dial in. Yes. It only works on a rotary phone. Two dollars per minute. Thank That's you. right. <laughs> it goes to the Swan Dress Fund. Okay, now it has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for this. Yes. Perfect. We also accept Bye. donations uh, of feathers. So if you know a flock of, uh, is it a murder of ravens? Um, a murder of blackbirds? Um, Congress? No, that's eagle. It's a it's a murder of crows. Okay, murder yeah. of crows. Uh, whatever for ravens. So if you've got some raven friends. Oh, whatever um, of ravens. <laughs> a whatever of ravens. Uh, please. A delightful grouping of ravens. You don't need like, anymore. Delightful Donate. grouping. Uh, please, we also accept live donations of their molted feathers. Not, Please do not pluck them. We do not condone violence. PETA, if you're listening to us, we do not condone any violence. Right, we would like to... McLaughlin song playing over this. <laughs> Sustainably sourced. Yeah, Trey, you got this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My dress is as good as paid for. <laughs> I like you guys. You're so fun. <laughs> I'm still crying. Okay. So you don't have to answer this question, but I want to know, do you have any like major blunders or anything that were, was like a funny story relating oh, to costuming? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like I know, costuming, costuming or wearing a costume? You know, you decide. I can tell you about some gravity situations that have happened to me. <laughs> Okay, so huh? here it is. The story that immediately comes to mind. 
when you are invited to play badminton at a festival, you know, out, outdoors, it's a lovely, lovely summer's day and the sun is shining, the birds are singing. Don't forget that you're wearing a hoop skirt and an eight pound velvet dress because you will, upon, you know, diving for the birdie like a lady, um, <laughs> you will trip on your skirts and inevitably fall down and scrape your hand. I still have the scar. I'm oh. pointing to one hand, friends at home. <laughs> um, it's a good time. You'll never forget it, it, it now. Been, it's been hurt, <laughs> so it's okay. This sounds like a tragic tale of woe. It really wasn't. It wasn't that bad. Please donate it's to just, the <laughs> Preserve Lindsay's <laughs> Hand Fund. Pen cushion masquerade first aid fund. Thank you. <laughs> I need it. No, it's, you forget that you're wearing these clothes and it's, it's kind of ridiculous, you know, after eight hours wearing them and you're like, I'll just play badminton. Oh yeah, I can do this. No, gravity's going to get you. <laughs> Don't do it. That's, that's my story and my advice to you. I mean, I can relate to that. Not the badminton thing, because I've never played badminton in a skirt, but. It's, it's so fun when you're not wearing one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I used to actually be good at it. It's so fun when you're not wearing a hoop skirt and eight pounds of velvet. What is it? Okay, so you mentioned eight pounds of velvet. I oh, I have only I ever really worn like I've really only ever worn like one dress in my lifetime, and I will admit that on camera um, that I've only really ever worn one dress, and it was super, 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 super light. Um, okay. What is the heaviest that? dress that you have ever had to wear or made for someone oh, oh dear okay or made for someone okay all right and did okay. they regret their choices yes, yes <laughs> did. It was one of the most beautiful dresses i've ever worked on and oh i don't know it must have weighed close to 20 pounds no she found this gorgeous to die for red velvet mm. like the ditchy, the dishiest, the dishiest velvet you could actually find. And she wanted, I don't know if anybody out there is <sighs> said with moderate reluctance due to the costuming, familiar with the Tudors? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. So, um, it's okay. And you're safe and here. comes out with this <laughs> gorgeous velvet dress, no chemise and no hoop. But we did it right because she wore a chemise and a hoop. Thank you very much. That's right. Undergarments. Anyways, um, you know, it was the whole, the, the sleeves, the long sleeves were attached. They were semi-bell sleeves attached to the bodice. And the overskirt also attached to the bodice. So there was, there was nowhere to go. Like, this thing was so heavy. And I'm like, are you really want to do this? This thing is going to be heavier than probably your entire personage. She's like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be so great. It's going to be great. She wore it out at festival once, the one day, you know, and working there, that's probably one day too many because it was also hot, but she looked like a queen. It was really, really pretty. And I think it sits in her closet, but I could tell she was struggling. I felt so bad. I'm like, oh, you can change. Let's go back to the place and change, you know, but it was so heavy. There's not a lot of ways yeah. to, to fix that either, mm -hmm. you know? You can't. It's just the fabric. Yeah. You know, and it's just, you know, the overdress as well. The the underskirt was, you know, the front panel was also velvet, but the rest of it was breathable cotton and then the hoop skirt so that, you know, the rest of that could breathe. But 
all that dress. It was it was weighing her down by the end of the day. That's hard. Yeah. The, yep. There's a line from um, a great but terrible movie, um, The Prince and Me, uh, where she's... Oh, yes! <laughs> Sorry, where, uh, where, uh, where oh, I can't even think of her name now, but she's uh, been invited to try on these different like uh, royal jewelry and everything. Right. She finds these incredible earrings that like hang down. They're giant. And uh, the queen comes over to this young girl and she's trying them on. And she says, oh, my dear, those are beautiful. But your ears will be killing you by the end of the night. The yep. Yep. <laughs> Things you only find out later. <laughs> right. Trial by fire. See, I told you. You learn things after the fact. <laughs> this is a short event garment. You should be wearing these at, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I have shoes like that, too. Short event shoes. Oh, God. Yep. I think the heaviest mm-hmm. dress I made was my own, and I still have it. Yeah. I made it like 20 years ago, and I haven't actually upgraded or updated it at all. Oh. It's just, it ex- it's a red and black chenille Okay. Heavy as can be, I still am just in love with the fabric as much as I was on day one. Yep. So, and anybody who's who has seen me out there knows the dress, but um, it probably oh, yeah. also you doesn't. You need to send me a picture just now. Okay, yeah. I don't think it fits me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I have it, and um, I don't ever want to give it up. But it's right? super heavy. Yeah, the oh, other one man. that I did was for Lynn who was the prince. She played the princess out there at Minnesota for oh, a while. Oh, yes. Oh, she's lovely. Yeah. And she, yeah, yeah. she picked a $98 a yard tapestry for her <gasps> underskirt. Oh, and I remember my. that day. I, re- I will never forget cutting that fabric because it's the most expensive fabric I've ever cut with a scissor. Oh, yeah. And yep. she bought two yards, enough for an underskirt, and then little tiny right. accents. So the underskirt is this really heavy panel. Well, the problem with such a heavy front panel is because the idea then is, oh, we'll balance it out. We'll make it lighter by having like a thin fabric for the rest of the underskirt. Right. Yeah. You have to. But it pushed on the front so hard because it was so heavy. So you have to balance that out by having weight on the back. Oh, no. So, of course, there's this beautiful burgundy velvet that she found. And we just had to use a lot of it. Yeah. And so it has a lot of really deep, lush pleats and stuff to balance that out, to put so much fabric on the back. And it's gorgeous. (laughs) I feel that. I feel it. Mm -hmm. I did wear it one day. At one point, we were close enough in size we could switch. And so she wore my dress and I wore hers one day. And, oh, wow, that's fun. But she's, like, <laughs> so much longer waisted than me that the boning okay. was digging into my armpits. Oh, no. <laughs> that's uncomfortable, too. Plus the weight. Yeah, she can she can yeah. have that dress. And she still has it. Um, oh, my God. And it's amazing. And oh. I'll make you a heavy dress, that is, Trey. That's, that's, a, oh, that's, no. a convi- that's a commitment. It's a heavy dress. Like, you got to know what you're getting into. Or you have to live through it. <laughs> or you can, just, live you can just borrow mine, Trey. I... I mean, if you would let me, I would try it on. Yeah. Capona said, I still have the dress you made me, too. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a hard time remembering that dress. It was super heavy. And Cap is one of our moderators. He is really great. Well, hi. Hi, Cap. What in, in Warcraft? That, that just 
that just exposed how much geek is. It's in my bag. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> Everything he just said is probably actually true, and I'm just not remembering. I understood that reference. I'm so happy you did. <laughs> I do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I try to make sure that we get socials put out there. We've talked yes. about uh, a little bit about your Etsy store, but um, but Lindsay, how can how can people connect with you and the uh, the Pincushion Masquerade? Uh, well, I am on Facebook. Um, I'm also my email pincushionmasquerade at gmail.com. For now, it is it is those those two places. Yeah, that works yeah. just great. The Granimal. I'm <laughs> You need to tell us what Garanimal <laughs> Festival garments are. I think I know, but I think it's yeah, better if you tell it is, us. It is exactly what you think it is. And I, again, I'm, I cannot take credit for this. This was my friend Maggie, um, who was a longtime bestie again. But she she told me this concept last year. I'm like, what? What? Like kids clothes? Garanimals? You know, pieces that can go together no matter what. It's just, you know. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try this out. So last year I made uh, a black outer dress um and i saved the um the underskirt which is separate and the sleeves that are separate you know they go together and they coordinate but everything else on the dress is just black and white and i thought huh interesting so i made the other pieces there um on the other picture again it's the same overdress it's the black dress with white pearls and i made a light teal underskirt with a different type of sleeve because Lady of the Lake was having Peacock Weekend and I didn't want to miss out. So <laughs> I found <laughs> I found the peacockiest fabric that I could find and um, made those up in a few days and then I wore them the next weekend. And um, but the point of it was to have, you know, one piece, like an overdress piece um, or a doublet or whatever the, the cosplay piece you want and then to interchange the pieces around it to make a different look and, and that's, that's kind of the concept that yeah. makes total sense yeah. like we do that yeah. now with our own wardrobes so why oh gosh, yeah. wouldn't we yeah do that too? yeah and if you and if you have a job like you're working at a renaissance festival or something and you're there two or three days in a row you know, you can't wait for XYZ garment to dry in time. If it's hang dry only, or you have to, God forbid, take it to the dry cleaner. Oh, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, it's nice. Exactly, Trey. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but, you know, it's it's nice to be able to have uh, that, that kind of versatility in one garment, especially when you're investing so much into these pieces already. You want them to last. You want them to be versatile. You want them to hopefully fit over time. So that's that's the goal. And to be fun while doing it. Yeah, what a yeah. great way to change it up without investing yep. an entire new dress amount yeah. into it. Yeah. Thank you, Maggie. Yeah, that was that was really fun to do. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna do more of those in the future. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Thank you. And then I had one more question that I also just remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Can you have my pants? Oh my I cannot believe you asked me that. No. I saved it for the end, so if you just if you just rage quit that it would we'd be done already. So so the funny part is about that, you know, I started making Renaissance 
festival clothing. I went into other historical garments. I do not know how to do a lot of alterations. I just don't because I have not done them. I put in my first zipper last year, or was it two years ago? 20 years into my, you know, sewing career, I am learning all of these, you know, contemporary sewing wow. skills just now <laughs> because I've never had to use them. You know, there aren't any buttons or zippers right. in 16th century clothing. So I've just, I've never had to do them. <laughs> so no. What a great way out of that. <laughs> I don't know how, I'm sorry. They don't have those where I come from. They don't speak your language. No, I what a great way out of that. Yeah. I don't mind pant hemming. That's probably like one of the more fun thing. I don't want to say fun, but to me, it's like no big deal. Can you teach me how to do that? Because yeah. I feel like there's a, there's a need for that out there. <laughs> right. People seem to ask this question. Right. Yeah. And I just got asked by people who were, I don't know, didn't really want to pay somebody. So they thought yeah. I'd do it for free. So sure. I just made, all right, I have a $20 minimum. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind being asked. I, 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 I don't know about the work that I would, I would produce in this, in this endeavor, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to make, you, you know, I should be, so I can do that for you. Yeah. <laughs> I just scream and run away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's effective. Also an appropriate response. They just, and they never ask you again. It's amazing. Right. right. And then they stop talking to me. And... Yeah. Right. No, I think the last time I actually hemmed someone's pants for them, I tried to do a really good job. And she was actually hard on cash. So I made her, I asked for a box of Oreos in lieu of payment. So... That's valid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oreos. The next valid life choice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to trade my goats for a pan <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I don't you know. you to feed them and corral. I don't know about that. Cookies, though. Those are, those are tradable. I'm on board with that. Girl Scout mm -hmm. cookies all the rage right now. Buy your box today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you say that and I have four boxes sitting downstairs. Uh, oh, yeah. We do upstairs. And, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. I you, told my husband, I love you. I need to fit in some clothes next month for this convention. Let's stop with the sweets. What does he bring mm. home? Four packs of my favorite Girl Scout cookies. So. Okay, so I'm going to go start a Patreon, and we're just going to do a dedicated Black Swan dress. <laughs> like a GoFundMe. Oh, my dreams come true. I can retire. Indiegogo. Life of crime. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm having a blast. <laughs> Trey loves it when he's not fired. He gets fired like every other episode. Well, as long as you watch in with an E, you'll be back in your box. That's right. Box. <laughs> okay, I, I I can accept that. Out um, of the penalty so, box. Uh, out of the penalty box. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, honestly, I have to say thank you so much for being on tonight. This was this was such an extreme pleasure to have you on. Oh my gosh, thank you guys so much. This was a blast. It was so fun. Thank you for nerding out with me. Thank you for nerding out with us. Yay. Um, so as a just kind of a send off to this, as a reminder, you can see Lindsay um, on Facebook. Um, are, Lindsay, are you on Facebook under the Pincushion Masquerade? Yes. 
that is that is my official page for all my my works and doings yeah yeah awesome. Um, and then we have her Etsy shop, uh, the Pincushion Masquerade. You can find various products that update, um, that update um, semi semi regularly. Would as you say? As soon or? as I am able, being a <laughs> primarily stay at home mom, so <laughs> sometimes I have to play, you know, cars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we get that. Um, but check out some of her delightful <laughs> yeah, creations that. Uh, that you can purchase. Um, some of my favorites are the uh, the green with the white embroidery. Um, I talked to this, about this before we went live. <laughs> um, I'm obsessed with it. Is the uh, the green with the white leaves and vines. Uh, there's also a crafting bag, uh, the songbird, which has significance to me with my music background. Um, among her just incredible, incredible um other works that you can find on her etsy shop so please go and support this delightful human being today Thank you. before we go um can we have a romanticism quote for the night oh yeah do you have do you have one um yes actually i do uh, thank you tonight... for coming prepared <laughs> <laughs> So this, uh, so this is actually from a poem by, and I'm going to completely butcher the name, uh, Giacomo Leopardi, uh, from his poem Canti. Um, and translated, it is, freedom is the dream you dream while putting thought in chains again. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Cap says, bad Emily. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Have a good night. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Bye.